0: Hey guys, what's up? Going to make this short and sweet. Sound of Freedom and Joyride. I have two sets of interviews. First up is Sound of Freedom filmmaker Alejandro Monteverde. He's also co-writer of the movie. It stars Jim Caviezel as Tim Ballard. He is a former government agent who, quote, turned vigilante who embarks on a dangerous mission to rescue hundreds of children from sex traffickers. I don't know, the IMDb plot summary is a little bit too harsh, turned vigilante. He's just really out for justice for these kids and freedom. He wants freedom, the sound of freedom for these children who are kidnapped and sold or trafficked into you know, this whole sex trafficking thing. Very heavy subject, but under the um, the camera work and the storytelling work of Alejandro Monteverde and the performances, particularly by Jim Caviezel, also the kids in the movie are really good, and Bill Camp, co-star Bill Camp. Very good acting, Very good, very solid storytelling. It's not exploitative. It is not preachy. It's just a well-done film. Two hours and 15 minutes did not seem like two hours and 15 minutes for me. It's doing really well at the box office. You know, there's some really great, I I think it's in its first day, came out July 4th, it made $14 So hopefully this weekend it'll make more money. It's one of these movies that was really, I don't know, it was just very tough because it took four to five years for it to get. It was made four to five years ago and it took that long to finally get this movie out into theaters, and the way I believe what's the name of the studios is that Angel Studios. I'm going to put the link on the show notes. But they had a really interesting pre-sale campaign to pay it forward for people. For example, you could actually buy tickets if you're not, if you're not even going to see the movie in theaters, you could pay these tickets forward, and some other other cinephiles will will uh, get the chance to see Sound of Freedom. So just by that campaign, the movie I think did a couple of millions. Uh, I, I'm not good with the numbers, but overall. It's doing really well at the box office. It's doing really well critically. And yeah, hopefully it's going to do great at the box office this weekend because more people need to see just interesting th- stories like Sound of Freedom that are not just tentpole comic book animated franchises. So Sound of Freedom very stood out for me. Speaking of things that stood out, I have not seen this yet, but the fact that Joyride, it quote, centers on four Chinese-American friends as they bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are. Yes, four Chinese American friends and supposedly Joyride is very raunchy. It's written and directed, co written and directed by Adele Lim, and I had the pleasure of interviewing actress Debbie Fan, who's part of the ensemble, in Joyride. So it's just very special because four Chinese American friends top lining a movie out in theaters on a on a weekend is very rare and not, and not as rare as before when I grew up in the 90s and started doing this whole entertainment journalism thing you'd never see it unless it was something like I don't know Joy luck club or something and yeah so very rare G- glad now movies about Asian Americans Asians just there's more diverse diversified filmmaking out in in movies obviously a long, a long way to go in that sense so but at least there are steps being made and hopefully, I'm going to see Joyride. Hopefully this movie really works. Like Sound of Freedom, it's getting really good reviews from the critics as well as the audience members. So Sound of Freedom, interview with Alejandro Monteverde first and then second is my interview with Debbie Fan for Joyride. Some really good stuff. Hope you enjoy this installment of Find Your Film and if you have any questions, hit me up, info at findyourfilms.com. Take care. Tell me what you think of Sound of Freedom and Joyride and ways to, to see the movie will be in our Find Your Film show notes. Take care, guys. Bye.
1: How'd that make you feel? Giving a child his freedom.
2: so good. You have been at this for 12 years.
0: My country is of thee.
1: Why are you doing it?
2: children are not for sale it is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen for homeland security you know we can't go off rescuing honduran kids in colombia this job tears you to pieces and this is my one chance to put those pieces back together You have failed to bring me one real-world lead.
0: It's over, Tim. Close up and come back home.
2: So you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids.
0: Free free. Free
2: free. South of that river, it's all rebel territory. No one goes in what if this is your daughter?
1: So she's gone.
2: Hear that? That's the sound of freedom. Sound of Freedom is one of those films that can legitimately change this world. So we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help. Let's make this film a historic event and the start, the end of child trafficking. Theatres across this country are already selling out. Pre-order your tickets today and you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale.
0: Um first off my mother is a huge fan of Jim Caviezel. She saw the movie, she loved it. She wanted to pay it forward with two tickets on angel.com. How great is it to know that you have so much support from people? You know, I, I really enjoyed it that my mom just saw it said, I I want to pay it forward. This whole can oh. you just talk about that di- that dynamic as far as this theatrical release and how how great is it to to know that you have all that support behind you from cinephiles?
2: Well, it's it's beyond beyond great especially for me as a filmmaker you know i i've, I've uh, it's been a difficult uh, career for me always when it comes to distribution you know uh my films have always kind of not gotten the attention that the film needs in order to be successful so i owe a lot of the success to this film to the distributor because they believed in the film in itself and they put everything they had in it and you can see it. You can appreciate it by the by the the way that they have promoted this film and by the box office. So I've never been in this situation before in my career where I can see working with a distributor that truly believes in, in, in my film. And it's not just one more movie and they pull it out and it's a machine and then boom, the movie gets forgotten. So it's just, just, just very, very grateful, very grateful. And, you know, like this whole thing, they 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 think outside the box, you know, all this thing about paying it forward and all that. It's just because at the end, the audiences are billboards. You know, we don't have the budget to have big billboards. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, I went to three or four different uh, 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 screenings here in Commito, you know, I used to see the audience's reactions. And I would look around and there was like all these massive posters, everything. There was not a single poster of Sound of Freedom. So... I say, well, you know what? The audience are our posters. The audience is our billboards. And they are the ones that are gonna create the word of mouth. And that is working. You know, it's uh we don't have hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing, but we have the audience and they have the uh now it's it's they come out and they start spreading the word. And that to me it's what is really uh, coming true right now. And that's what it has kept us right now. It's like we just started. But if we continue like this, we're going to stay. We're going to stay in theaters and we're going to be able to make more movies like this. You
0: know, Alejandro, what's the key to actually persevering through four to five years? You're talking about distribution. You You make a movie and it's an epic film like this. It's cinematic in scope. But you have to wait four to five years for it to be released in theaters, and you know some people might. The, the way today's climate is being released in theaters is a lucky thing. But you you had to go yeah. through that storm. What does it take yeah. to weather that storm and not give up as a as a filmmaker?
2: I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster. You know, it's, it's you know some days you feel strong and you're like, we're gonna find the the right partners, and another days you know it's like, oh, maybe this movie is never gonna see the, the the light of the day. You know, it was like ups and downs, but looking into retrospective, now I can see that there was like a divine orchestration, you know, because it's perfect time right now. It's like, it totally makes sense that the movie was kind of like hold back because I feel like right now the audiences are ready to digest a theme like this. And I think it was just, there was not, it was a perfect time, perfect time. And uh, we just had to endure that, that part. And maybe it was a test and here we are. So we're just excited and surpassed all of our expectations.
0: You know, you talked about perfect time. What about a perfect cast? You have, of course, you have Jim Caviezel, but to have someone like Bill Camp as his right-hand man throughout the, I mean, obviously you have a million things to do on the day, but just big picture. How great was it to have these as pretty much your leads throughout the film? And they're, cause they're, they're, um, they have so much magnetism and you really believe in them as human beings. So,
2: yeah. No, I mean it it was it was an honor, you know, to be working with these two incredible talented actors. You know, I'm a big fan of Bill Camp and I I I love his work on this film. Uh obviously I'm gonna say this because I'm the director, but for me this is Bill Camp's best work. Uh he's he does amazing in all of them. So out of all the best he's done, this is to me a notch up, you know. He's he was incredible in this film. Incredible. I uh and obviously, Jim is one of my favorite actors. So to be able to work with one of my favorite actors was incredible. And he truly understood this, this theme deeply. This is a very personal theme for him. He himself has already rescued three kids. You know, he adopted three of his own children. Um, so he, this was very close to him. And, he, you know, his conviction for this role and for this character, for this story, was very present.
0: You know, and also just getting to know Ballad over the years, it, has, has it been? Um, just you know, everyone talks about movies how they can be a value-added experience, not just for the moviegoers, but personally for you as a filmmaker, you're telling the story, you're writing about it. But what what has it been like just journeying throughout this process with him as well, based on you know the true story part of it and getting to know him?
2: Well, it's been a roller coaster, just because you know it's you know Tim is fighting a a, a battle against darkness, you know and. So it's, it's not an easy, you know, battle. It's, it's not, it's not boxing, you know, it's, it's, it's going into the darkest of the darkest corners of the world. So, you know, it was, it was challenging because I, I, I didn't want to go too deep into this darkness. It was too much for me to even digest. So uh, I, I, I wanted to pretty much just to kind of propose, this is what's happening without going too deep in it. So. Because at the end, you know, you come to the movies to also be entertained. So that was kind of, it's like, how do you balance that out? How can I make a film that is entertaining and that it raptures in the power of cinema and to have a cinematic experience, but in a way exploring this darkness? And one of the things that we were able, that I knew I had to do in this film is to make the lighting a narrator. So the lighting in the film is always pierced in the darkness. It's very stylized but in purpose because I wanted to remind the audience that they were watching a movie I didn't want I didn't want them to go into the realistic it's, it's already the subject you know you, in order to digest it you kind of have to in a way take a, a little bit of a distance in order to kind of get in, to dive deep into this story through through, through the vehicle of, of cinema so I knew lighting was going to be a character like a narrator in the film and and that really paid off. Because, you know, I, I see a lot of audiences that they come out and they say, you know, it's a beautiful film. But at the same time, you know, it's explore a very dark subject matter. So but they were able to digest it. But even though it's a dark subject matter, it's we, the vehicle is it's the lens is hope. So you leave the theater with a with a profound hope of that. Yes, you know, we can do something about this and create awareness. It's to me the first step, you know. I, I I didn't know about this. I had no idea this was happening. I saw, you know, the interesting part, people say, well, you know, this might be a conspiracy theory or this and that. And well, I wanna tell you how I got involved. I saw <laughs> it's funny. I saw a, a a news report and I don't know if it was twenty twenty Barbara Walters, 60 Minutes is one of those. Cause so I, I love those shows. So I used to record them all the time. Before iPads and Netflix, I was, that's what I was watching, you know, my VTR. I don't know if you remember VTR. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. The live yeah, of course, TV. yeah. And I came home and it was like 1130 at night and I was going through the things. And I saw a piece, 15-minute piece on child trafficking. This is seven, eight years ago. And it shook my soul. I said, I had to do something about this. And I started writing. A fictional story based on that uh, on that uh, uh, news report, and it was not until months later that I get a phone call and they introduce me to Tim Ballard. And when I met Tim Ballard, I realized that his life was better than the fiction I was writing, and that's how when when we partnered up and I decided to shift gears and start writing uh, a film based on 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 a, on a real character. But I was already writing a movie on child trafficking that was going to be pure fiction based on true facts. That's what I was gonna do. So it is happening, it is happening. And I, you know, people always want to ask me what the numbers are. I'm like, look, I'm a filmmaker, (laughs) I don't know the numbers, but you know, you can Google it. And the numbers are just here in the US, like yesterday I was in a live interview, we will, we Google it live. And it was very interesting. The first one is 800,000 children go missing in the United States, 800,000. And then at the bottom, it was the FBI numbers which is 470-something thousand. So I know there's a massive difference between the first one and the second one, but if the FBI is reporting over 400,000, even if it does the real number, it doesn't make a difference. You're still in the hundreds of thousands in the United States. So now think about what's happening if this is one of the most safest countries in the world. Imagine what's happening in terror war countries, you know?
0: Yeah, um, you know, this is just a cinematic question re- regarding this. You're talking about the social issues, very important, but I, I could be wrong about this. When you were a child and you were watching cinema, were you ever inspired by, you know, uh, like neo-re- neorealism or Ponte Corvo with A Battle of Algiers? Because I was thinking your film has a documentary style about it, but it's also at its heart talking about something very important. That we need to address but it's also very cinematic and i'm wondering as a filmmaker growing up was neorealism which is about you know you know what it's about but it's also about cinema as well was that an influence for you as a
2: filmmaker 100% 100% and it's uh you know i i i i love cinema a lot and i watch a lot a lot of movies and you know before i went to film school my film school was watching movies and you know i started watching films you know a lot of italian neorealism films but also just a lot of Russian cinema and Mexican cinema. And, and that helped a lot because by the time I came to the U.S., then I started studying American cinema. So it definitely has an impact in everything I do, especially, you know, uh, you say you're going to go see the film later, right?
0: Yeah. No, no, I've, so, I've already seen oh, the film. You saw it. but so just, so you remember? Yeah,
2: the first yeah. trailer on the film, uh, that's my new movie that is coming out. I don't know if, if you saw it. Uh, it's a period film uh, Cabrini. called Cabrini? Yeah. yeah, so that also, you know, that's an, Itali- it's an Italian story, wow. and that film, you know, it's also explores another complete different cinematic language. Very, very challenging. You know, I, I shot it in a way that I've never shot a movie like that before, which I means not coverage. It's all choreographed. It's all very choreographed shots.
0: Will you do very, that again? Very, Would you do that again? That sounds so hard. I and think, I was, yeah, you, it sounds like you have a great lead actress too, as well. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I would definitely, I, I don't think I could shoot a movie normally anymore. Like I, I loved yeah. the idea of kind of like what you call a film that is edited in camera. Like you, you're, you're, you know, before the masters used to shoot in a way that the film could only be edited one way, because for many years, directors were not allowed to edit. So they were had to break their, their brains into figure out how to shoot. So they respect their storytelling, you know, so they would be only shoot like if they wanted a, a shot on a wide shot, they would only do one take from a wide well, not many take, but only one angle. So they would the editor would be forced to use on that particular line a wide angle. Because you would not do you, they would not do a close-up for that line, you know? So I did that, but I took it a little farther. I was like, well, what happens if I do exactly that? But now choreographing the camera with the with the actors. And one of my biggest influences is, is uh, a Russian director. His name is uh, Andrei Tarkovsky, and he does all of that. And it's very operatic because the actors and everything is a dance between the camera and, and the and the and the characters. So it's it's uh, very challenging, but the the adrenaline rush is it's great
0: alejandro why do you do that because you know you could actually step you could actually not be so ambitious i'm i'm trying to say because it's very you know with this film and cabrini these are very big things you're trying yeah. to climb the mountain whereas you can actually succeed if you just go a little bit is that not even in your your uh, the way of thinking as far as you know
2: i i, I wish it was it, it'll 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 make things much easier, but, you know, I always tend to listen to the project and, and, you know, it, in, in in Cabrini, the project was asking me to do that. You know, I, it, it wanted that. And, and Sound Freedom was asking what, the way I shot it. So it's every project I, I listen and, and, and it just depends. Sometimes the project speaks, you know, I, I, even though it sounds a little bit, of cliches, the projects do do speak to you. You know, you just have to listen, and and, I, and, and they will tell you what, what direction to go.
0: Alejandro, uh, just final two questions, and I I apologize that you have to be a pitchman for this, but you know, a lot of people now want to just watch th- something on their iPad or their their big TV at home. I feel like this is a movie that you should go out in the theaters and see on a cinematic level. What will people get with their ticket going in, even though the, the movie posters are not there? But when they go in the darkened room, what are the what are they going to find with your movie?
2: They're gonna go on a on a on an emotional and, and cinematic journey into the heart of darkness. So they're gonna go in there, but it's when you go in the darkness that you experience the light. So it's gonna be a roller coaster, but it will leave. It is a movie that begins when you when the movie ends. So it, it's definitely a roller coaster emotionally, but with a very uh, enlightening. Ending, you know, it's they're gonna leave, they're gonna leave, touch and moved, and 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 I just feel like you know, there's is, there's is a little bit of everything, but if you eat too much dessert and not enough of other things, it's it just eventually that's why I feel is happening. It's too much of the same thing in cinema today. Yeah. This is a complete different experience that, you know, I I think it's just as a as a variety to change. For a change, you know, but in this time it's two changes just by watching the movie, you're becoming part of a change, you know, just creating awareness that's that's people when they finish the films and what can I do? Well, next party, talk about this. And the more we create awareness, the, the more we can start change and making protecting our children a priority.
0: And final question is, just after watching Sound of Freedom, there are going to be people people, um, listening to this interview, and they're going to hear the name Tarkovsky. And if they have not seen a Tarkovsky film, what's the one movie that you would recommend for them to see first, and and why?
2: They they have to love it. They're a little complex, but uh, Stalker is a great one. Stalker. Wow. It's an exploration. It's one of my favorite films. Uh, And Ivan's Childhood. It's another good one. All of his work is amazing, but it's definitely you, you. You have to, you know, there there's a different pace. It's a different year. It's a complete slower way of telling stories and very philosophical. But it's a great for those that love cinema. Uh, it's it's an incredible his work. You can get inspired and really more. You know, it, it inspires you to kind of look at stories from in a different way. Uh, also, you know the way you know I believe. By watching a, f- a lot of his films, I came to the conclusion that when we go to the movie, we listen with our eyes, you know? It's like sometimes, you know, I go to a movie and it sounds, it's so bad. But if the movie is good, you are you made it. But there's other movies that if the sound is not good, the movie is not good because it's relying on this big, big sound design. So I do believe you know it's 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 uh, we listen with our eyes and we got to experience the film, and 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 that's one of the main motors of 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 the way I approach uh, uh, movies and stories.
0: Did you? Or lastly, before you go, did you everything this day would come? I mean, I I know you probably I don't know if you're looking at Rotten Tomatoes and all the ratings, great reviews from the critics and the people who've seen it have given it so many great reviews. Is it a surreal experience because? You know,
2: it is definitely a surreal experience. Um, you know, I am a victim of label. Like, by, like through my career, people have labeled me. You know, and label my work. I don't mind people label me. So I, I do care when they label my work. You know, it's like it's like if if you make you know tequila and somebody comes and he it says it's vodka just because it's they're both clear. And it's like well, you know, it's 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 a complete different uh, product. But it's very dangerous when we we live in a in a society that all we do is label each other. But oh, they want to know to label you before they get to know you. You know, it's like well, let's get to know each other, and we will find out that we have way more things in common that we disagree. And right now, it, it seems like we have been programmed to only focus on what we disagree. And there's nothing wrong with disagreeing, but now it's like well, not just disagreeing, but now we can even like drink wine together because we don't see out of eye and that that's wrong. We should be able to agree to disagree. We should be able to come together and especially with themes like this, you know, with themes that that cannot afford a divided society. Mm-hmm. We have to come together and put aside anything that divides us and, and, and that's the movies I like to make. I like to make movies that propose a theme. I never want to give an answer because I'm also searching for the answer. So I just like to propose themes. I like to Never impose a thing to to propose uh, a story, and I'm just fighting always these 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 labels, and 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 I'm just grateful that this film, you know, has been able to survive and continue to go on. And, and at the end, I, I I respect the audience the most, and the audience, is really, I think they gave us 100 percent in Rotten Tomatoes. You know, that's a that's amazing, and 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 we just need need to keep going.
0: 100th. i know very busy day thank you for spending some time with me i really appreciate it, and i love the film
2: thank you very much thank take you care. for the support.
0: and I'll, I'll see you for cabrini right yes yes right. for sure thank you take care bye-bye thank Peace. you hi you guys must be new to town
1: we just moved in california which is in america
0: oh we just wondered if you would mind if your daughter played with our daughter adri say hi The
1: Ching Chong's. Do <gasps> <laughs> you want to be best
0: friends? Look at me, look at me, look, look at me. To our daughter. It's a big deal going back to your birth country.
1: We used to talk about it all the time. A grand adventure to find your birth mother. <laughs> Who needs more parents when I have the two best parents in the world?
2: Aww. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she lives there now. Of course,
2: cat, actress,
1: your famous college roommate. You know, you both actually have a lot in common. You're both very sexually free. She blew Nick and Joe Jonas. Not Kevin? Not oppressed. I am a good girl saving myself for marriage. You sure you don't miss it? (laughs) God, like that. Dead Eye's coming, by the way. Your cousin? Dead Eye? Where did that come from? You know, I think I get it. Y'all calling me crazy? Daylight baby! I love a grand adventure. so nice to see an American. What do you do for work? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If the cops are doing a bad check. Oh my God, you're a drug dealer? Ah! You're a drug dealers now, bitches! We can't get caught with drugs in China. You gonna plug or you gonna play? Group project! We gotta pull a Honey! You Honey, you good? Are they coming out? Yeah, but only seven and I think I put in eight. Just push, pull, twist! never come to China. People are always thinking I have this perfect life, but I don't belong anywhere.
2: If you do not know where you come from, how do you know who you are? Let's find your birth mother. Will you guys come with me? Yes, bitch. Ni
1: yeah, lolo.
0: Uh, uh. <gasps> Look at me! Look at me! Our passports are in my suitcase that got stolen. You know who can
1: bypass airport security? K-pop stars everyone remember their names sassy cutie. cutie lisa lisa too
0: i don't believe these girls are singers girls show them
1: uh, show them what you're a fan of cardi b right yeah is she here there's some whores in this house there's some whores in this house there's some whores
2: in this house. there's some whores in this house, house, house. <laughs>
0: That be first. First off, look. Let me just start off. I, I started off with saying I'm, I've been an Asian American journalist reporter since 1991. Wow. So, and in in my life, I think I've probably interviewed as far as Asian American actors, maybe 20 in <laughs> 30 plus years. Maybe 18 or 17 of them have been within the last several years. So, for you as an actor. What has the last several years been like on the flip side? Do you see that kind of opportunities opening up as because I see it from the media angle? What about from the real angle? You
1: know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously we can see it with the surging crazy rich Asians and and that felt like it just was this momentum burst of like, oh, here's real human beings and who happen to be Asian, (laughs) American, you know, and um. And and then there's just kind of been this influx. And yeah, I actually, I I had taken a break from acting for quite a while. And and when I came back to it, and it, it was just such a change in some of the opportunities I was getting, in the roles I was seeing. Um, and I think that's absolutely reflective of what we're seeing in the media right now.
0: On your Instagram feed, I, I was checking it out and you mentioned Joyride. And I think one of your comments was, why didn't they have this one? When- I was growing up. So <laughs> yeah. that that might be a reciprocal like a, a question that you're asking yourself. Why do you I think well, you and I know the answer, but for those not in the know, why didn't why wasn't it available when I'm a little bit older than you, but when we were growing up? So in your opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I just why wasn't it? You know, I just think there was still just so much stereotype of like what the Asian um American was supposed to look like you know when Margaret chose you know sitcom came out I think it was like ahead of its time and this this um sense of like where this really like where do we belong and I don't know if like from an age standpoint like when my parents immigrated over um you know they really just wanted to assimilate they wanted mm-hmm. us to assimilate and everything so I grew up in Salt Lake City Utah so there was even a disconnect of like where I know I'm Chinese, I'm Asian, and but also like I'm the culture wasn't necessarily there for me. Um, I don't know if that's answering the question or not, but I just I think people just didn't know. It was just easy to have, you know, the stereotypes come along, and it's been a very slow trickle.
0: Uh, Growing up for me was being an Asian American. It was all about assimilating as well, being assimilating because you were you are an american it was it was it's still a positive thing but especially our generation it was a very kind of a mandatory thing how cool is it for you as an artist to see that assimilating is one thing but really now it's about celebrating our own diversity and sharing our culture and then that kind of really expresses our americanness as well so that must mean a lot to you as far as you returning back and and exploring yourself as an artist this time around
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, all oh, right, I'm a fully, I'm a fully formed human being, you know, um, and I'm not just getting asked to like, have accents in roles, you know, and like put on accent because that feels, you know, it's, it's, it's not my authentic self, let's say that um, as an actress, you know, because again, I'm born and raised in Utah, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, and my Chinese and Mandarin is, it's, It's passable, but my vocabulary, I like to say, is like on a probably, I don't even know, a second grade level or something, you know? Um, And so it's great, like with a movie like Joyride, where we're seeing fully formed, you know, just human beings, like having an experience who happen to be Asian American. And that's, they get to have whole journeys. Like this story is like, they get to have journeys. And I think that's something we just haven't been able to see enough of. Um, yet in terms of media is like, oh, there's the doctor, there's the lawyer, or there's the immigrant, you know, but like, they're just labels and it's not like looking at who they are as a person.
0: Yeah. I, speaking of looking at things, I saw the red band trailer for Joy, right? You are one of the first faces right off the jump, right off the get, but I would like to know your overall, not just experience of making the movie, but what was it like seeing, I guess it all come together as a movie?
1: Oh my God. It's so fun. I mean, when I read the script, my jaw was like uh, already dropped. Like I was like, uh, "Like really? Oh my gosh!" <laughs> you know, random. Um, and then seeing it on screen was like so. It was just so much fun. It really is like a joy ride to go on the the entire movie, and it has so much heart in it, and um, just what the lead actresses did and everyone in the cast i feel like just made it such a fun experience of going to the movies and again it's i think it's it's really a movie for everyone because anyone can you know we all like to laugh we all need to laugh i think <laughs> we can, we could use some more laughter i feel like now nowadays um and this movie delivers but it also offers like I was really unexpected with the, the amount of heart it offered.
0: Yeah.
2: When
1: I was watching it. Yeah, I was like, Oh my God, it was very touching. Yeah. Without spoilers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On the element of part, I think maybe, uh, maybe I'm uh, overstepping my bounds here. I think for, for someone like you to be, to join, become an actor, n- did it take a lot of heart and passion at the beginning? Because I'm sure as much as you wanted to become an actor, the idea that one day there would be a film that's directed by someone like Adele Lim, have four leads as Asian American actresses, or, you know, just as much as you're you're passionate, maybe that day wouldn't come for people like us. Did you ever see that day coming? And even if you never saw that day coming, what still inspired you to actually just swim upstream, I guess?
1: Yeah, um, great question. Um, You know, it's one of those things, it wasn't it wasn't something that I ever thought was like a real job in my family. There's no one in the industry. So it was just kind of this thing that was there, (laughs) but it didn't ever seem like, oh yeah, this is a reality, like a dream that could be viable and actually happen. And then, um, you know, Joy Luck Club came out. um, Was that over 20
0: years ago? I think, you know what, I'll be honest, 30 years, almost 30 years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 30 years ago. And so then there was this like, excitement um, about, oh, like, here's this movie and same with, but when better luck tomorrow came out, I don't know if you saw that. Right. 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 Yeah. Justin like these kind of yeah. like, oh, here's, yeah. here's these movies. And then it just like, nothing happened, you know? Um, and also I think with when there's movies, at least in my opinion, that are like, oh, here's the one movie. Then it's like, there's an expectation of like, we've all got to now become that person or there's these, Four, four actresses now, and like i mean it happens in hollywood all the time right there's the there's the star that hits and then everyone wants to get that 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 actor <laughs> and then um but it feels like with with because there's so there were so few and far between roles for asian americans that um that it wasn't it it felt like a v- scarcity yeah yeah and I think that idea of like just to keep going, um it, it like I said, I took a long break for a bit, and I think it was just like having that kind of that inkling like I think I can no, I there's something still in there, like regardless of what I what you know ethnicity I am or anything, like it's the desire to express and and act and play that like fuels that fire and desire to keep going
0: yeah i i I really this is a curious question and i don't want to be a complete debbie Downey here but <laughs> during your years at you know as an actress do you and now it's really opening up for so many different minorities and, and specifically asian americans do you ever think about all of the you know asian americans that preceded us who were actors and entertainers and you just see them in like a movie from the the 50s or 60s and you just think to yourself wow they could have i wonder do you ever wonder about people from our generation and before the ones who kind of set the way for people like you and do you ever wonder about what what cinema missed with all that talent right yeah and not to be so negative about it but like the thinking about the past because that's something that helps us i think put perspective on what's going on today
1: yeah yeah i think where i I look at that as like what they had to endure in order to continue working. I mean, I look at like James Hong and what is he 90 plus yeah. <laughs> he's been working like for 70 years or something. I mean, I don't, I don't know the, a long time, yeah. and just all the, for lack of a better, the discrimination, the, you know, the prejudice and all through the years of having to experience that. But again, that drive to like, keep going. And like, no, but this is what I want to do. And if this is the box I have to do it in, um, then that's what I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, do, I think. And now that it's opening up more, it's like, oh, yeah, we don't have to just stay in this box of what they're telling us. No, there's so many things going on in media I think with streaming and all the new shows that like oh right we no one has there's there's many boxes (laughs) and like everyone can have their own little box and there's plenty of services out there (laughs) and opportunities to have the stories more stories be told
0: Yeah, I'm sure artists like you. Just residuals are very important. As long as uh, there's a lot of content, let's just make sure the content's out there, right? And people getting paid, right? Is that a big issue right now for whether you're an actor or, or especially a writer, as as far as a lot of content? But make sure these people are working hard. Actually, get what's due to them financially, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, there's as we record this, there's a writer strike going on. You know, SAG is in um. Um, in negotiations. SAGAFTRAN is in negotiations, um, which I'm a member of. And and I think that is such a big part of of um, what we're fighting for is the ability to keep residuals going, um, because they just haven't been the same as um what they were on regular network television. And yeah, with streaming, they've kind of just dwindled dwindled away. So it makes it harder and harder to um To kind of make a living, you know, to to (laughs) yeah, literally make a living as an after because so much of that is the residuals, and so yeah, yeah, it's an important fight right now, in my opinion.
0: So okay, on a lighter note, maybe not a lighter note, but just Mm -hmm. on a passionate note, that that your love and passion for dogs been been a volunteer for quite a while. Can you tell our listeners what what you do? um, Not just on your spare time. I'm sure you do a lot of healthy time, just promoting just shelter dogs and just making sure they find a home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started out volunteering with the city of LA animal services, um, which, uh, back in 2005. So quite a while ago (laughs) and yeah, it just became a passion. I've always loved dogs. Um, and then, um, I joined, um, an organization, downtown dog rescue and I'm on the board with them and, um, we have an, a dog rescue arm, as well as a community outreach arm for, for, um, people who are low income pet owners and, and spay neuter, you know, getting them wellness checkups and shots. And, and I mean, things like basic medical care, which would otherwise they might have to surrender their pets to the shelter. We have an intervention and pet support space that, um gives people the opportunity to you know maybe they can cover a little bit and we can help a little bit more with you know just they need a little bit of medical or something but they just don't have the means to take care of you know those um that aspect all of it
0: that's a very great service i'm wondering about a lot of angelinos who don't know about it they should know about it right now i mean it's Yeah, we have
1: specific um, communities that we serve, you know, um, South LA shelter, we have a counselor there twice a week kind of helping, we call it intervention, you know, where they're there, like before someone surrenders, like, hey, how can I help you? And that's what I've loved about downtown dog rescue and being part of their organization is that we're here to help you, you know, we're not here to judge you, we're not here to like, tell you you're a bad owner or something or, um, but it's like, no, how can we help you? You know, most people love their pets. And they want to do the best, but a lot of it is maybe lack of education, you know, just educating them more about what opportunities or what services are available and we're there to help. And you need some food, you know, for the month, some dog food, some cat food, you know, let us help you out.
0: Yeah, a lot of people get ask some advice as far as the unlock. What makes Adele such a very talented person? You were basically front and center getting to work with Adele. What can you just talk about that whole experience and what makes her special?
1: Yeah, yeah. Adele, it was oh my God, so like open and generous. And I I feel like the, the set itself being on set was just such a fun experience and so like like just fun and alive. And I feel like that's top down. Like she's she's at the top and it trickles down to to everyone on set where there's just so much joy and like like it's infectious. And every time I run into her, I just feel like she's just having a ball. Like she's so fun and I love her. You know, she just puts it out there. I mean that she, you know, created this and, and um this movie is, yeah, she's fantastic.
0: I guess that's an obvious question, but does that kind of attitude or way of looking at things, which I think. I'm assuming it's rare, whether not not even if you're working on a film, film or TV set, but if you're just working period, does that really influence the morale of of a set when you when you have the, the top person having that kind of positive attitude? You know,
1: I think so. I, I think absolutely because it also I think you know it, I mean I, I've never, <laughs> however, the creative process is how I imagine it that you know they're they're in charge of the whole team. And so they're the people they're bringing on board, perhaps you know, and the heads. It's like, it's like, who do you want to be surround yourself with? And if the person is 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 joyful, excited, and um, jazzed, and I don't know, just inclusive, I think that's a lot of it. That's so inclusive, um, then it's going to have an effect on everyone else working.
0: Yeah. Uh, Final question, Debbie is. Can you name right off the top of your head one of your all-time favorite movies and what is it about this movie that speaks to you today? That's the first part. And the second part is after someone sees Joyride, they may want to actually go to your IMDb. What's the... And I know yes you're going to pick one from your IMDb credits, whether it be film or TV, that you would like for the listeners to catch and why. So...
1: Yeah. Um, well, Babe comes to mind as a favorite movie always. <laughs> um, just I I love, you know, I love animals, clearly. <laughs> and um, and it's just this like him wanting this, you know, this big wanting to belong, you know, like where does he belong? And I think growing up as, you know, Asian-American, there's often that question I grew up with, like, yeah. where do I belong? And, you know, kind of finding finding his tribe you know, and, um, in terms of movies, I would say joyride set the top there, go see it because it's just fun. It's a fun movie. And, um, and we want to, I don't know. I just, want like, let's, let's support, let's support good movies. Let's support Asian American artists and filmmakers and let's go laugh and have fun.
0: And it's a hard R, right? Isn't that pretty cool it's for a comedy?
1: a hard R, yeah. <laughs> I know. I think it's the first time I'd heard that before. When I, I was like, hard R, wow.
0: <laughs> that is setting a lot of great benchmarks. Um, Debbie, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate the interview. Oh,
1: thank you, Greg. It was a pleasure.
0: I'll talk to you for the next one. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.